0: Welcome to The Build-Up on Balls.ie, in association with Ladbrokes. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to The Build-Up podcast here on Balls.ie, in association with Ladbrokes, where every week we get you hyped for the sporting weekend ahead, and thank God we have a sporting weekend ahead. Once again, there's life back in our in our sporting lives anyway. It's me, Mick McCarthy here, alongside Donny Mahoney this week. Mark you who you're, you're used to hearing his dulcet tones at this stage, is on holidays this week. So uh, me and Donny are filling in from Donny. Are you, are you still pumped that we're a week into uh, English football, anyway, returning and, you know, a, there's rumours of GA being on the... GA is on the horizon. The pitches are open. And we've got, you know, a season set for rugby. We've got horse racing back. We've got tennis tournaments where everybody's catching coronavirus, Aussie rules, controversies. Every day I come into work and there's sports news to talk about.
1: That's oh, exciting, isn't it? Even if it's not like the okay, it's lacking something obvious with supporters. But it does feel like we're back into sports again, that the lockdown is sort of is lifting. and. Uh, we're kind of slowly phasing back into something normal. So, yeah, it's great. Delighted to have it back in, in my life. It's, uh, yeah. it's something, you
0: know. It is something. We'll talk to uh, Kevin Doyle like we always do on the show about his take on what the Premier League um, return has meant to him and how he's found it so far um, in just a few minutes. We'll, um, we'll have to talk to him about what's going to ha- happen the rest of this week and, of course, at the weekend when we've got to return the FA Cup. Um, so we'll talk to Kevin about all that in a few minutes. And we'll also have our All-Ireland quiz because having no quiz master in Mark Farley doesn't mean that we can't have the All-Ireland quiz. Myself and PJ will be taking on another year of either hurling or football. We don't know which it is yet, but we're determined to win it this week. Donnie, you've written the quiz. You're going to present the quiz. Do we
1: have a hope? Just, it's going to be hard, Mick. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and I, the, me and you went. Uh, we, we joined forces to take on Mark and go for the old island I, I thought it was brutally hard and when I stepped into that quiz master role I felt like that was the standard that you guys were expecting so just be ready for a tough quiz
0: so it's not, not, not a week off from without the you know you're like the substitute teacher that comes in and tries to be a hard ass
1: yeah, yeah. exactly that. okay. that's what I thought you needed
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Um, we'll see. I, I'm still confident. I don't, I don't think you can. I still think we can do it. Um, anyway, more of that later on. Um, and we'll get to Kevin Doyle in just a minute. How have you, like, has there been anything in particular, like, you know, it's funny watching all the football. I've watched a lot of it, to be honest. <laughs> but, like, some of it's been kind of good. The end of the brighton Arsenal game was exciting and the end of the Leicester-Wofford game was exciting. Uh, but there's other stuff like it's just like that lack of crowds we'll talk to Kevin about it but it's obviously so striking but I found other stuff as well like lads clearly with no preseason behind them trying to come in at full pace and just looking a little bit off and I think last night's game between Spurs and West Ham for me was the biggest one for that because Harry Kane he finally got his goal it was a he, uh, burst through the middle and you know just kept up the pace and And slotted it home, lovely. But he had a chance about five minutes before, where he ran from it was a uh, on the counter attack from a West Ham corner, and Kane burst from like halfway of his own half right down the middle. And by the time he got to the ball, he just like whacked it wide. He was so tired, and it was similar enough for his goal. But the way he's running now, he's like sprinting with like this really straight back, and his arms moving. He looks like an Olympic sprinter, you know. And you're just like, (laughs) I don't know what it is about him. It just looks like he's not 100% himself quite yet, you know, but he's just giving it everything he has. And it's such a sign that, like, these lads aren't the usual amazing physical specimens that we're used to seeing. You know, they just can't possibly be. They had no real way of training. And then also you add to that, they all either have no hair, their hair is either too long or they've had homemade awful haircuts. Yeah, uh, Jack Grealish being the highlight of everybody's uh, you know so far Grealish's hair which is never the best anyway let's face it uh, has definitely been the has had the worst lockdown of all of all Premier League hairstyles
1: for me it was like the highlight from a football sense was just watching Kevin De Bruyne be so much better than everybody else especially that first game against Arsenal when like yeah. ev- everybody seemed to just be in sort of like this preseason mode and he was just He seemed a bit bigger than I remember. Maybe it was just that everybody else was skinnier, but he was just, like, his class was so much more evident and obvious than anybody else uh, on the field. Uh, And then I kind of didn't realize how much I missed Martin Tyler. And when, (laughs) like, especially, especially for that City Arsenal game, he was so amped up. Like, it was just really just, you could tell how much he had missed doing commentary and how much he had, what he had been deprived of. Yeah. Um, and he, you know he really was trying to make up for this lack of atmosphere and he, it kind of worked it away it was I don't know when he when he did that first and this live thing it was really you know it got to yeah. this sort of hard sound, you know?
0: I started listening without the sound
1: yeah, I, I found it hard now I need I need the sound yeah I,
0: I'll tell you why now this, this is the piped in crowd noise I mean not the sound of the sure. commentators and everything else I originally found it very, very disturbing and wanted the crowd noise there. And then you can lose yourself a little bit more in the match, I find, when the crowd noise is there. However, what I, you don't even realize how attuned you are to a football crowd. That when it's on, you forget about it, you're watching the game, but a chance happens or somebody makes a mistake or somebody, Kasper Schmeichel last night, like kicked the ball out um, under no pressure out for a throw with a really bad pass and it's just a very very small thing like that that you just you just know what a crowd sounds like when that happens and they don't yeah. have enough buttons and enough kind of uh <laughs> you know so sometimes it's delayed sometimes they don't do it at all because it's something small like that and it takes me out of the moment so much whereas if now i just turn off the sound and i'll watch the game without it and it's really weird and it sounds like it's just like some sort of like under 20s tournament Uh, Of teams that didn't qualify for a major tournament in the summer or something, you know. But at the same time, at least it's real and you kind of aren't waiting for something that doesn't happen. I don't know if most people seem to prefer the sound, but I have to say that's my argument against it. That to start, you know, I don't know if I was able to put my finger on it until I decided when I sat down for Spurs and West Ham last night, I was like, I am not putting on any loud noise for this game.
1: I might try it out tonight. but I, I saw some of the Liverpool Derby or the, yeah, the Liverpool Everton game without sounding. and it, it was just it was so raw you know it was just a bit too much but. yeah
0: okay mm-hmm. well look Donnie, you're going to be back with us for the, for the quiz we'll also play Ladbrokes 1-2 uh, where you could win yourself 100 euro cash for absolutely free by picking three of this weekend's games we'll do all that later and we'll talk about a little bit more uh, what's coming up this weekend but right now we're going to talk Premier League with Kevin Doyle Right, I'd say we've got Kevin Doyle on the line as we always do. Kevin, um, football's been back, or Premier League has been back anyway for uh, a good week at this stage, and um, it's all a bit weird, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's been a bit of an anticlimax if I've been fruitful. Nice to get back on, you're looking at the games, but like it's just um, looking at Liverpool, say Everton the other night, or Everton, yeah. Liverpool. Um, you know, derby games aren't, don't always live up to their billing, but when, when they're played in front of no crowd, um, it's just, it just, you just, you're just expecting a bit more. Shouldn't really, you should know, it's a pre season sort of feel to it. Players are only back, want to give them the benefit of give them a few weeks. But it just highlights um, even more, going back to another issue, sort of the whole VAR thing, that's taken drama out of the game. Now having no crowd there, it just becomes very, very sanitized. Um, lacking sort of for a derby game looking at that lacking sort of passion and emotion because you do need a crowd to fire up players um, you know it, it makes a massive you know, playing in front of a crowd or not a crowd it makes a massive difference you play better in front of a crowd the adrenaline of the buzz it gives you the electricity the shouting and roaring decisions pressure on referees to make decisions when they're the crowd they make decisions to the crowd even though obviously they're trained not to but it's just human nature Yeah. so all that and then VAR thrown in as well, just to take any bit of life and argument out of the game. Um, just seems, you know, seems to, have, to me anyway, to everyone I spoke to, it's been pretty underwhelming. Not just the Premier League, the German games have seen as well. Um, yeah, just, it's, it's hard to, um, I know we're here to talk about football and try to promote it and big it up and get excited. But it's, it's, the Games have been a bit boring.
0: Yeah, we have to be honest about these things as well. Like, it's still better to have it than nothing at all, I suppose. But is um, exactly. have you been a sound or no sound man on the the, the uh, Sound, sound, have definitely you? sound. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's brutal without the sound. <laughs> <I think.
3: laughs> uh, so,
0: yeah, it's even. They could even, even if they dropped a few more mics around the place. I wonder are they just afraid of it or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: it'd be very interesting. Like, I would have loved to have,
0: um, really listen to Klopp. Um, we have talking about this as
2: thing the other day on the radio, and just thought... So- you know, take this opportunity to actually hear what top managers are saying. Um mm-hmm. I know a lot of the time playing managers, most of what they shout on the touchline is nonsense. You know, they're just trying to G up and get you going and their work is done during the weekend in the dressing room on the touchline, line, it's you know, you see the camera on them shouting and roaring, but the players on the pitch don't usually hear what they're saying, you know, it's yes. just for the manager to get out of their system. But it would be interesting to hear the top man like a you know, what is he what is he saying? You know, you know, give the, give people watching when there's not much going on the pitch, see what Clap Ancelotti. I know he doesn't do a whole lot on the touchline. He's the exact opposite. He sits there, crew camera collected. But to hear other sides and take this opportunity while well, there is no crowds there to to see what these lads are saying.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the Merseyside derby, and I think it's it's one of those like because it was a derby, we might have been expecting more, but the crowd really, you know, it took the life out of it. But kind of two teams that aren't really playing for anything. Liverpool know they're going to win the league. Everton, you know, are sort of in mid table. Uh, but you have—I've just as an example, like I watched both Leicester matches—the game both against relegated, threatened teams, Watford and brighton and both times it was as if they are playing almost like it's mid-season. I—I wonder—is there—I don't know if you have experience of as a player that Leicester have to you know go from this position into the Champions League, like they can't throw it away. But it's like as if on the pitch in the ninety minutes, you need something to trigger that importance or that urgency. And they don't just—they don't seem to have it. They're just yeah. one example. The the some of the bottom yeah. teams are like that too, you know. And West Ham, yeah, well, absolutely, great uh, example.
2: Yeah, no, um, Leicester. To me, they're playing. They're playing. You know, if they make the Champions League, fantastic. season, if they don't make it, they've had a fantastic. Season. There's no pressure on them. They've come back and they're probably just freewheeling to the end. You know, um, they they I, I would tip them to maybe slip out of the top four, but looking yeah. at it, a nice little cushion there. They will have to have a really bad finish to. To, to finish to get out and I think that's what's on their mind they know they're in their comfort zone their season's over in their heads they're on holidays they just want to get it over with for them for a few teams in their in that position um, you know West Ham shouldn't be like that West Ham should be the exact opposite but it doesn't seem to have kicked in for them yet either um, it's a unique situation I'm trying to give everyone a credit, uh, benefit it's the first week um, give them a chance to get back up to speed maybe but yeah Leicester for me are at risk to have that cushion and that's why you think they should be able to hang on. But um you know wolves wolves are a good bit behind them but they've started strong. They've they started like a appliance. team. And you get that from their manager. Their manager really gives that sort of intensity and that that you know they're such a bit hungry young team that um and they've shown out straight away in their first game.
0: Yeah, they look absolutely brilliant, and they kind of have all like after a slow start all season really. So they're one team that have looked to have picked up where they left off. The one bit of passion you mentioned, maybe maybe Spirit of Santo, but really the only bit of passion we've kind of seen since it started, since the Premier League came back was uh, in the TV studio from Roy Keane uh, <laughs> during the uh, during the Man United and Spurs match. I know you always keep a keen eye on Man United games, where yeah. you looking at that at halftime thinking you're dead yeah, right, Roy, or or what the hell are you on about? <laughs> No, like it's the
2: best TV ever, in fairness. It's brilliant. Dad. Like um, you, you turn out to watch it, um, obviously. And then that's what he that's the ideal pundit, isn't it? You know, if yeah. you had him here now, you'd have a lot more people watching it because he comes out with he's great, he's fantastic. I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly good for Man United players. Um he's such a high profile Manchester United ex-player, one of their greatest ever players, that for him you know, if you right, you they might admit they'll never admit it, the players, but psychologically, they know they make a mistake on a pitch. Oh, Roy Keane's in the game tonight, is he? Or he's going to absolutely batter us. Like, you know, it's yeah. it's um, I can't imagine it, it's having a reverse impact to maybe what Roy would like it to have. Um, it, the way I look at it anyway, you know, it's 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 for me, watching great TV, um, mm. but I would or I'd, I'd like to, I know, listen, they're what I'm like, in fifth position, they're not. Like it's where you probably would have expected them at the start of the season, Um, and and that was Tottenham. Tottenham showed uh, yesterday a good win, and they're not a bad side. Tottenham. So for you to come back first game back draw one on Tottenham wasn't in the world. He criticised the game Um, in slow motion. You think yeah I should have saved him. You see in real time decent strike. Listen, you might save it sometimes. somebody it doesn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the worst goalkeeping uh, effort in the world. So. Um, and it was their first game back, so I, I I think in that situation he was over the top on them. But I wouldn't stop him doing it if I was any TV company. <laughs> I'd be desperate to have them on and have him be the one analysing because you definitely uh, he's 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 the best at it, and he doesn't go into you know acres of detail or anything. It's, it's yeah. very to the point and. Uh, yeah, it's enjoyable to
0: watch. You mentioned the United players might be saying all oh, keens in the studio tonight. They might or might not. But might your, or might not. From your experience, would that have ever come up? Like, I, I think we've talked a little bit before about the RT panel um, when you would have been playing for Ireland. But even in club, like, would you be like, if there was a big game, if you're uh, on telly, would that be a would that even forget about the pundits? Would there be? Uh, uh, geez, we're on Super Sunday this week. Is there a different feel in the dressing room? No. Yeah, maybe in my first year,
2: maybe in England, I don't know. But then you know, after you're on so many games, like there's yeah, there's non-stop. some country or somewhere is showing the game <laughs> you mightn't even know about it. So you're on all the time. And Sky now like you're on, you on Sunday or on Saturday or on Monday night, Friday night, whatever it might be. So you no, know, so many games on TV, that you soon get over that. Um, but the Roy Keane one is a unique one because he's such a Manchester United legend. There's I don't know too many I'm trying to think of top top clubs. In the world, um, who would have someone of his stature from that club?
0: It's true, yeah.
2: Who is this um, critical pundit or big opponent? I don't think there is. I can't, off the top of my head, I can't think. Like you think of legends at different clubs, none of them are like Roy is. No, uh, none
0: players. of them like Thierry Henry might go on and for an Arsenal game, but he's not going to come yeah. out with that kind of no stuff. One, like, yeah,
2: no exactly. <laughs> yeah. one, you know. Uh Zinedine Zidane at Real Madrid. If he was a pundit, I can't imagine. I can't, I'm trying to think of top players here off top my head, can't think of him even if Messi retires and talks about Barcelona. I can't yeah. see him saying to, to go on none. Of, no one you rise unique. So that's what I'm saying is it's a unique situation. Um, he was the club captain in their most successful ever era and one of the most successful ever players. So for him to be so critical a lot, and he's reason to be critical a lot. They haven't been performing where they have in the past, but. You know, I just think it, it might be having more of a negative than positive effect. Mm. But again, it's great TV, so
0: <laughs> definitely, yeah. I think there was definitely a sense of just like laughing and not worrying about whether he was right or wrong with it. Um, looking ahead, then there's a, there's um, obviously just a lot of games. A, a lot of them tonight, like Liverpool could obviously take a, a huge step towards securing the title. But um, tomorrow night, I think is probably the one that everybody's kind of looking forward to. In some way, if you are looking forward to games at the moment, with Chelsea and Man City. Um, before there's a kind of a little break for the FA Cup, but um, Chelsea have actually started like you know they, they dominated they dominated Villa they were very unlucky to only win two one I suppose is, is the way it went but, but but City definitely like I mean their uh, their performance so far. <laughs> looked kind of elegant. Like, where's yeah. this team been all season? You know, maybe a little bit. It kind of almost makes you worry for next season if you start thinking of it that way.
2: Like, you know. I know. Yeah, and you're talking about whether Pep will be there or not. Um, I said, did probably be Burnley three or four nil? It was a five nil in the end? Yeah, five, um, yeah. Yeah, it started well. Um, you know, it's too late. It's too late. But next season, you say, but it just shows what squad, what top team to have, and what a good job Liverpool have done. Because I know what Man City haven't been as on fire, but. Still Liverpool are 20 points clear. Um, yeah, it's it is. It's I was getting in an interview the other day, people were saying that people have, have has Klopp been found out and I say, hey, he about? It. he's basically just won the league, he won the Champions League last year. How's he been how's he been found out just because he drew their first game in a derby against him? So <laughs> um, like it's it, you're just I suppose people, everyone's just searching for something to to yeah. to, to talk about and then you Know a reason why Liverpool mightn't go on and dominate, so um, but yeah, Man City will be there, He'll be back next year. Yes, yeah. if they keep um Pep in charge, I'd imagine he'd be hungry to go again. Um, he's had a good break and a good time to think about and they've come back and looked fit and on fire. So, um, your team Aston Villa, <laughs> good good-ish enough result in the first game, Sheffield United, yeah. You know, I don't- It'd maybe you'd have wanted the three points to start off, with, but not the end of the world. But they were, un- they were unlucky enough against Chelsea. Um, yeah. The one they up um, they
0: did yeah, yeah. They, were, they were played off the park but uh, I suppose the, the <laughs> proof of the pudding will be Newcastle now. Uh, I, don't, this know, this evening, I uh,
2: don't know if it was a joke or not whether it was either average position or average formation for the game
0: <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> I, th- I saw the same I think yeah. it might have been a joke but I think yeah. when Villa scored Chelsea had had 75% possession <laughs> so it wasn't that far <laughs> off I don't think if it, if it was real uh, <laughs> we'll move off Villa though I spent too much time talking about them in, uh, in, in every way but uh, the relegation fight definitely is the one that I think it will make it more feel a bit more real as it kind of goes in because West Ham really poor form, Villa poor form, Bournemouth. Brighton look like they're getting out of it. We'll see what happens with Watford, but there's definitely going to be a, a few real games there. Just before yeah. we move off Chelsea, and Chelsea are playing it against Leicester in, in in the cup this uh, weekend as well in the quarterfinals. They actually look like great games. Norwich United, Sheffield United, Arsenal, Leicester, Chelsea, Newcastle City—they're all kind of like top level versus sort of next one down, which is kind of what you want in 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 this this round of the cup. You know, um, all kind of decent teams could have some very you could have some brilliant semi-finals if everybody wins the way they want to, but. Like just talking thinking about Chelsea, they signed Werner now for next season, and there's probably a little bit of money there, you know, when other teams don't have it because they haven't obviously spent it. Um, how far off do you think they are? They've obviously blooded a lot of lads this year. Yeah. Um loft she came back. It, you I, know, they've a few things to add to the squad still.
2: They always had a strong squad. And like that, what a sign that is, what a statement to make. Everyone's on the cutbacks, no signs can yeah. be made see what's happening however and they just go out and bank sign him I know they've had a break of not signed anyone in a while but still to go out and spend that much money and get him ahead of you know you don't know everything you read is true but he's wanted by everyone and they've gotten, gotten massive statement to make big boost for everyone is the players not just fans and everyone but the players around Chelsea thinking you know what we're we're back at it back at it here we want to you know the club are wanting to win things again because it seemed a bit like Abramovich was losing a bit of interest yeah. and seemed to be stepping away a little bit and um so that's a sign that he's not. He's, you know, back at it. And, yeah, they still have top players. And Frank Lampard, I think, has done a really good job. He's, you know, a young, young manager. But he comes across, speaks very well. Um, and he's blooded young. He didn't have much choice. He had to blood a few young players. Mm-hmm. But he seems... He's the type of manager you want, blood young players, he seems to deal with them very well. And they've performed well for him. Um, and he doesn't... He hasn't had that instant pressure that other Chelsea managers have had. It looks like they're giving him time. Um, so, yeah, you'd be positive... As a Chelsea fan, can change very quickly. Um, but I'd be I'd be excited if, as a Chelsea fan, to me, that it's they're they're on an upward curve. It's the first time in a couple of years where you'd be excited for them. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I'd, I'd put them in the top two or three next year and challenge.
0: Great. Okay. Well, we'll see uh, what happens, and it will be interesting to see them on Thursday night against City as well. Kevin, there's uh, football on every minute of every day and uh, every night at the moment, and I, it's not what we want. But when we think of where we were a month or two ago, we'll uh, we'll take it anyway. So hopefully, you enjoy the uh, the, the, the games over the next week or so. And we'll chat next week.
2: Yeah, it'll be there's yeah we'll have we won't want to talk about because there's going to be so many games gone under the bridge by that stage. But yeah, uh, it's something to talk about. Over, as I said, no more Euro 2012 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Something more current. So, yeah. I think everyone should be Everyone's happy it's back. It's just yeah. You're just so excited and waiting so long that you're expecting maybe a little bit more. But, yeah, it'll build yeah. up to it. I'm sure it'll shortly get going. We'll have to get used to it. Thanks a million, Kev. No worries, mate. Thanks.
0: Yeah, great to hear from Kevin there. Always good stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think I think Kevin's going to get a little bit more into into this as it goes on, you know what I mean. there the, will we'll lose that preseason vibe, and most importantly, I think we'll just get used to there being no fans. It'll never quite be the same, but I think we're going to get used to it. And like, I'm definitely getting to the stage where I'm actually really looking forward to. There's football on basically every day at the moment. Sure. I'm not sick of it yet. You know, I don't know how you feel, Danny.
1: The best thing is when I think when Liverpool just win the league and we can move on. And then, like, I think we just need to figure out what the sort of subplots will be. That'll yeah. just kind of keep us going. Uh, whether I guess is who's gonna get into the Champions League or who's gonna get relegated. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's once more... that all. Well, just once we can just once it once things become clear what's at stake, I think we can focus again at the moment. It's just like feels like start of the season as well as sort of this whole Liverpool procession. So let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. And then move on to what what's really at stake.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, if Chelsea win on Thursday night and Liverpool win tonight, then by the time a lot of people are listening to this, it could all even be out of the way. So uh, it, I don't think we're far away from it, really. You know, although I'd have to say Liverpool beating Palace is far from a done deal. The form Palace are in at the moment, and they always yeah. seem to derail Liverpool title hopes as well. So um, you wouldn't know, Roy Hodgson getting some revenge on Liverpool tonight uh, if you're having a look on Ladbrokes. Bit of fun, obviously. Please do gamble responsibly if you do and visit the dunlewy.net. Um Look, speaking of Labrooks, we're going to play, me and Donnie are going to play Labrooks 1-2-3, where you could win €100 euro cash by correctly predicting three scores of this week's football uh, correctly. Um, if, you, if you pick one, you'll win a €1 euro free bet. If you get two right, you will win a €5 euro free bet. And of course, if you get three, you will win €100 euro cash. Donnie, for the first time since the season resumed, one of the balls that IE team got a €1 Euro free bet for correctly predicting one score correct last week. And that was okay. moi. I, I correctly predicted that my, um, my beloved Aston Villa would be beaten 2-1 by Chelsea. Um, and that was me showing a little bit of faith in Villa that they probably didn't deserve. Uh, <laughs> I think Mark went for 3-0. But uh, that was the correct score. Um, I actually had a really good week. I was right with the three predictions, but obviously the score was only right in one. It just shows you. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a feel for this league. I think my hundred yeah. quid is, if not this week, then next week. But this week isn't the league. This week is the FA Cup, which is feels like randomly back all of a sudden. Got the FA Cup yeah. quarterfinals this weekend, and they're deadly matches. You've got three. You've got exactly what you want, as I was saying to Kevin in the FA Cup. You've got four big teams versus four solid Premier League teams that could give them a game, and then you know. So either that, either that leads to a really good game and a slight upset or it leads to like a brilliant FA Cup semi-final weekend where four teams that could win the tournament are there but I don't know I have to say I'm looking forward to it now even though I didn't know it was on up until a few weeks, <laughs> up until a day or two ago
1: It's definitely the competition that I think slipped everybody's mind yeah, well, it was kind of offensive that it's on in, in June,
0: but anyway, um, <laughs> it does a little bit. Yeah, but I suppose everything is on in June. It's uh, you know, did we realize we were watching Newcastle and Man City in the FA Cup uh, on BBC this Sunday instead of a quarter final of the European Championships?
1: It's definitely you look at Sheffield, Leicester, Newcastle all at home, and you wonder how much different these games might be if there were fans at them. Yeah, and um, Norwich but, at home
0: to United as well. There's something about that fixture for me. I don't know what yeah, it is. It's yeah. maybe my memory of the early 90s that a lot of other people aren't that listening or presenting the show often aren't old enough to remember. But uh, let's start with that, actually, because that's one of the games that is on 1 2 3. It's on BBC One at half five on Saturday. Norwich at Carrow Road, a home to Manchester United. Uh, Norwich probably being the weakest team left in this competition. Um, but you never know what United either, you know. Uh, what do you reckon? We obviously don't know how these lads are going to get on in their games uh, in the Premier League this week. I know Manchester United are playing Sheffield United. What do you think is the score in this one?
1: I saw a great stat that says something along the lines that Norwich Norwich, Norwich only Norwich. have about... <laughs> they've got like five defenders in their squad and four of them are under 23. So I think Norwich have kind of cashed in their chips on the season. They're done. They're looking at sort of their planning routes for championship pictures next Autumn, mm. and i'm also somebody who thinks that united have not been as bad as people uh led on under mr solskar and i think they're making a run at top 4 and i think they're going to win this one 3-0 i've
0: literally shown you my screen here danny i've got 3-0 in and i'm also going to go for that uh yeah the the robbie brady derby of course norwich versus manchester united mm. i agree with you on what you're saying there i i i think united Will consistently come undone at the wrong times, but they will. They are good enough to kind of get runs of results together, and I think they'll beat Norwich and go to an effort. I could see them winning the cup. Actually, that's the kind of yeah. the, you know. Here's the the big one is uh, Leicester City versus Chelsea. I was talking to Kevin about how disappointed I am with Leicester that they just don't seem to have that urgency. They have to wrap up this top four. It's there for the taking. Like Kevin was saying, it'll still be seen as a good season, but you have to play what's in front of you. And they, like, they were really, really poor, I thought, last night. They had no urgency against Brighton. Very disappointed with them against Watford last week as well. And I don't know if they realise that they're in the middle of a season here and things have to be wrapped up and it's not pre-season. I actually fancy Chelsea to go and beat them here. I'm going to go for 2-0 for Frank Lampard's Blue Boys. Yeah,
1: I'd be the same, Nick. Like, I think Leicester, some teams really seem like they've come out firing from the break and then Leicester seemed like, Whatever momentum they had in December seems seems like two years ago now, you know. Yeah. Um. So I and like Chelsea, they've got a lot of talent coming in in the next season, and I, like they just they just seem a bit solid, right? So I I yeah. see this as a one one nil to Chelsea,
0: one 0 to Chelsea. Okay, that game is on four o'clock on Sunday on BT and on BBC One at half six on Sunday. More festival of football. Is uh, Newcastle United at home to Manchester City? Newcastle have had some unbelievable results this year. Uh, they, of course, beat City last year as well. Um, I don't know, they're playing Villa tonight, so I don't wish them too much uh, well, but they obviously had a big win over Sheffield United, played very well. I think City are the team that have just come out. You were mentioned some teams have come out firing and some teams haven't. City have, you know, beat Arsenal and Burnley by a combined 8 0, look absolutely electric. The team that could have been this year, you know, that could have challenged Liverpool, and I see them win this four-one.
1: Um, well, yeah, like, I like, I like what Steve Bruce is doing, and I guess maybe with the Saudi money coming in, po- possibly, possibly, that you know maybe every things are everybody's kind of in good form there at, at St James's Park. But City squad is so intense, and like you could lose a guy like Aguero, and it's just. You know, doesn't make any, has basically no impact on their, on the rest of their season. So I, I think City are going to come out scoring goals. Uh, I'm going to go for a wild
0: 5-0. Wow, 5-0 at St. James's Park. Uh, okay, that is one, two, three. Myself and Donny have made our picks. You can make yours by going on to labrooks.com now or onto the Labrooks app. And making yours for absolutely free. If you get one right, one score absolutely right, you'll win a euro free bet. If you get two, you'll get a five euro free bet. And what we're all going for, and we will eventually do is the tree right, and we will win a hundred euro cash. Um, if you're having any other kind of um bets or anything like that on Ladbrokes over the course of the week, please do so responsibly and visit dunlouie.net for more information. And up next, Donnie is gonna take over the rest of the show because he is going to grill me and PJ, and we are gonna finally win the All Ireland quiz.
1: Okay, hello and welcome along to the All-Ireland Quiz here on The Build-Up. Uh, Mark Farley is cutting silage this weekend, this week. And I'm here, Donnie, to uh, take you through uh, a bruising gauntlet of questions as Nick and PJ uh, aim for All-Ireland glory. Uh, once again, certain to fail, but um, full of hope and full of, full of wild ambitions. Is that right, guys?
0: Is that actually why Mark's off?
1: Well, I think I don't. I don't think so. I know from what I know, his his girlfriend had the week off, and he
3: wanted to spend some time with her. Okay. okay. So, I, so he's not in training for Killing Care's intermediate championship bid, or whatever. Know. Whatever. Whatever round. Whatever uh, level they're at this year. They're up I to feel like whatever
1: he's doing, whatever he's doing, silage is a big part of it.
0: Um, we are very confident, Donnie. We've talked about this. We've regrouped over the over the last week, and we've um, we know where we went wrong. To be honest, uh, we 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 forgot the psychological battle that this game is last week, and went with mm. uh, we. You know, our, the previous presenter told us to not worry about psycho- psychology, so we abandoned it. But it turned out that was a psychological trick all along. So we won't ah. be doing that again. We will be tr- we will be using all of uh, everything that is at our disposal, we will use it this week. So I think, I think we're going to get over the line, PJ. I really do. And you're getting uh, ready yeah, tomorrow and stuff. So you know, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> so I think we're due a bit of good luck.
3: Yeah, yeah I got nothing else in my mind this, uh, this week uh, to distract me from this. <laughs> Except the rabbit uh, we, we we, Yeah, we, we, got, we got a new backroom team in as well at the moment at this, for this championship as well. We got a new sports psychologist. I, I think we're ready, finally.
1: Okay, well, let's do it it's a it it'll, it'll be a week to remember for sure if you could win the Ireland and get married in the same week um, that would be something else i I've got some news <laughs> for you guys uh, well you're, you're at a, I think you're at a bit of an advantage because it's it's a hurling year that we're going to be doing okay. this week, so I think that probably stands to you Mick, a bit mm, and yeah uh, it's a hurling year that I think was. a lot of people it's a, it's a hurling year. I think a lot of people will um, remember a bit because it's this year. This week we're going to be going through the two thousand and nine hurling championship. Oh God,
0: I vaguely Memorable. remember being a pretty good final that year, and that's about it. Memorable oh, year. Like it's funny you say we're at an advantage. Our history has been much better at football because the hurling championships like this one tend to run into each other and ultimately end with a Kilkenny and tip. Finally, yeah. it's really hard to distinguish them from other years, you know, but. Look, we'll give it a go anyway.
3: As I think yeah. I said before, Kilkenny is one big All-Ireland mush for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus, 2009, lads. This is going to be hard. I don't remember anything about this. Okay. I'll I'll hope, figure it out.
3: Hopefully we'll
1: rekindle some memories here along the way. So, uh, you're first... We're going to start with the um, provincial quarter final. Okay. Uh, so, 2009. Uh, 2009... It was the it marked Galway's first year playing in the Leinster Championship. Which county did, did the tribesmen humble with a 529 to 17 points win in their first ever Leinster quarterfinal in Port Leash?
3: Hmm. Is, is Leash too easy of an answer? Well, I,
0: Leash is who I thought first, and then it was in Port yeah. Leash, and I got a fright because I was thinking. Because Galway can't have home games, they can't have away games. Was that right? Was that, a, no, was
3: that an
0: issue for I, a while? or? I'm not sure. No, neither am I. Remember they weren't allowed to have home games for a long time until the round. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, I, yeah. I, I, you, I, have, I have many memories of uh, Leash and Galway meeting early on in the Leinster Championship. So do back I. When yeah. it was, back when it was still like a knockout.
0: The other options being awfully Wexford, I suppose. Uh, I don't think Wexford were hammered that much. Um, you know,
3: well, what was the scoreline again? Buddy?
1: Dublin, I don't think so. Five twenty-nine
3: to seventeen points. Five twenty-nine to seventeen. Westmead being
0: another another possibility. Right, I think Leash. It seems like a preliminary round would be home and away as well, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be in neutral venue, like. Yeah. Yeah, our quarterfinals. Leash.
3: Like, it, it 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 was my first instinct. So, yeah, I think leash. Okay.
1: Well, that's your your off the mark. Well, leash is the answer. Ooh. Leash is. Well, Galway five twenty nine. Leash seventeen points. Two thousand and nine. Very memorable game, I'm sure, for all. Um, okay, we're on to the next question. It's another uh, provincial quarterfinal. Somehow you have to play two of them this year. Um, in two thousand uh, in the two thousand and nine Munster quarter final between Cork and Tipperary, Isaki Halpin made his championship debut. But what number did he wear? Ah, oh, Jesus!
0: <laughs> this was Cork and Tip.
1: Cork and Tip. They played out a classic Munster yeah. championship curtain raiser.
0: I thought that was the following year, two thousand and ten, that Isaki played, and they beat tip who went down to win the All-Ireland maybe oh god that's the match I'm thinking of when he played and I think he was 14 in that game right but I'm pretty sure that's the year after so (laughs) like he was he's definitely in the full forward line I presume he's starting I suppose we're not supposed to remember that he was more number 24 or something
1: no. Okay. He started that. He was in the starting fifteen. So even
3: Mark wouldn't make give us a question that hard.
0: <laughs> so it seems to me that he'd have to be fourteen, because yeah, you know, I always remember Satanta was thirteen, and he was probably just as tall as him. So maybe that doesn't.
3: Yeah, I I would have guessed like my guess would have been like half forward line, but I. I don't know why that. What? Yeah. I don't have, like a specific reason for that. But if you like, if you remember even wearing fourteen, that seems like the best thing we have to go I on. I remember of him
0: playing inside and always being a kind of a target man for them. Like again, I could be thinking the following year. Uh, you'd imagine that, like, the Cork at that time, two thousand and nine. Joe Dean would have still been playing. I don't actually know what their team is. I really can't. I can't place the years. I can't think who, like, I, I don't think Patrick Corrigan would have been in fully. You're probably talking about, like, Patrick Cronin. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't think who it would be. Um, yeah, let's go with 14. That's That was his position. It's probably the most likely, you know, that he was, all, he was a full forward.
3: 14.
1: 14. 14 is your final answer? Yeah. Yeah. And it's the correct answer. Well oh done. We're God. on to the provincial semi-final <sighs> round. Well done. Yes. Halpin scored one point that day as uh, Tip okay. got off the mark with a, with a big win over, over Cork. Definitely a Cork team in transition, you might say. Yeah.
0: It was a bit of a trick question because Cork bet them in the first round of Munster the following year, which was a massive shock, and Asaki was the star of the game. And then Tip went on and went through the qualifiers and won the All-Ireland. So, Hence my confusion.
1: Well, yeah, you saw through the subterfuge and we're we're on to a provincial semifinal. Things are heating up. It's sort of you know, June bank holiday weekend, big game on here down in Thurless. So tell me this, guys. At the Munster two thousand sorry, at the Munster semi final stage in two thousand and nine, these two counties played out a one eight to eleven points draw described by one journalist as the wor- one of the worst ever in the history of the Munster Championship. Name the two counties involved.
0: One eight
1: to eleven. A hurling match.
0: Wow, that's shocking, isn't
3: it? One eight to
0: eleven. Munster final was Tip and Waterford. Waterford I think it wasn't. It wasn't the time they hammered Waterford.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. It definitely they bet so, Clare in a eight. So Clare, it wasn't Clare. I don't think it was Limerick, and obviously it wasn't Cork. Um. So that would suggest I think it's Waterford and Clare. I have okay. a feeling. The Waterford Limerick. Oh, wait oh no, that's not oh, I was thinking of twenty eleven. These years are running into each other.
3: You Danny, you say one eight to eleven points. One eight to eleven points. So we'll do a replay. Uh, if you think, if you think Limerick and Lermick
0: I think, I think Waterford are definitely involved. It's, it's Waterford and someone.
3: Sorry, Waterford and Clare, not Limerick and Clare.
0: This Davy Fitz era in Waterford as well, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and um, they won the replay against whoever it was. I think maybe Waterford and Limerick is now is what I'm thinking.
3: <laughs> not that I remember what's the game, do, Or anything What's what's what has led to that change in your mind?
0: feel like I'd remember Davy Fitz
3: Right okay Waterford
0: yeah. going against Clare in a replay. I feel like I would it's not a guarantee that I would though. Uh, this is a this is a Clare era that wasn't the strongest. They um, I think Tony Consuline was the manager. They went on to win the under twenty one All Ireland that year and it was kind of the start of right,
3: um, okay, yeah. but
0: at the time it was probably the weakest ever. I think they might have lost to Waterford in the first round, well beaten which would leave Limerick as the leftover team. Oh, no, actually, sorry. You just said that Waterford and... Or Tip and... (laughs) So Donnie just told us that Tip and Cork was the first round in Munster. So the other two were semi-finals. So did Tip beat Limerick and Waterford beat Clare? What's your instinct? I'm (laughs) moving back to Clare now, I have to say.
3: I don't really have an instinct. I mean, it's... Okay, I'm. I can't, I, I, can't, I can't. remember this year. Like okay. what happened in most of
0: that year. I'm almost positive. Like I'm almost. I, I'm, I'm. definitely positive the Tip weren't involved, right? So it wasn't their semi final. Um, almost like I'm oh, nearly ninety nine percent sure it was not Limerick versus Clare, which okay. means that Waterford against either Limerick or Clare is the answer.
3: Okay, and you think you'd remember Clare? Think, like going up I, against Davy? I do,
0: but I. Davey. But I also feel like Clare were so bad I could see them in a 1-8-11 to game back then. These are shut down matches. They were horrible to watch. Yeah, for yeah. For about three years. Let's go with Waterford Clare. It was the first thing that came into my
3: head. Okay. Waterford Clare.
1: That's your final answer?
3: <laughs> yeah. God, this is long. Johnny. Wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we're on a podcast here. Well,
1: you've your powers of deduction were very, very good. The way you worked through the problem. And then I got unfortunately to you, the, <laughs> you you were at the fork in the road and you chose the wrong <laughs> side of the road because it was uh, Waterford against Limerick.
3: Okay. okay.
0: All right. Sure. Look, these things happen. So, we get back in the
3: qualifiers. Oh,
1: geez, I, I guess Limerick beat Clare. Maybe in, I shouldn't have probably known that, but anyway, don't know what happened to Clare that year. There we was. take a little bit of well, Bojherin to, to get on the
0: main road here. In the other semi-final.
1: Uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right.
0: yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. As I said, right. Let's bring us to that Bojherin that PJ talks about.
1: Okay. So How we're do up, do here in the, quor- we're in the quarter. We're at the qualifiers now. Uh, one chance to salvage the summer. Here's your question. Which de- defeated provincial finalist of 2008 was relegated to the Christie Ring Cup in 2009 after losing a relegation playoff? Like I might just add that, that that they never were actually relegated. They GA decided to scrap this this <laughs> this relegation plan. Two counties were being relegated this year. They both lost prevent two counties lost uh sort of relegation playoffs. Uh, one of them was provincial finalist the previous year. Who was that that county?
0: Okay, so like. Dare I ask, was it a, like a real problem? Like, um, it was Leinster or Munster, was it? Like it wasn't Antrim. Right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it wasn't Antrim. No, no. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Antrim was they, one of the other Antrim was one of the other teams that was relegated. But yeah. th- th- that's not, it wasn't like they won. No, it was one of the Leinster or Munster finalists from the previous year.
3: Yeah, so okay. the and Munster finalists. They were nearly relegated, relegated to Christy Ring then this year.
1: Exactly.
3: And they changed to change the, the rules. Exactly.
0: So, it's Tip and optional. Claire was the Munster final in 08. Okay. For sure. I'm trying to remember who the Leinster final was based on... Our, so, Kenny obviously won it. In the 2008 um, championship, they went on to beat... Waterford bet Limerick in one semi-final. Who had Limerick beaten in the quarter? Offaly, I think. Okay. Uh, and I think it would be awfully that were... Offaly would awfully have worried. made it a Leinster final that late? mean, they might have only had to beat Wexford. It could be clear, like I, I don't remember us ever getting a reprieve from knocking in the championship. I really don't. So, okay. um,
3: Danny, Don, did you say give us say what happened in that relegation? What did you say happened in that relegation playoff again? Um, well, how did, did you, you mean that part of the question is what what I'm asking there? Yeah?
1: No, no, it's it, I guess the question is which defeated which team who would lost a provincial championship the year before lost a. Uh, relegation playoff in
3: two thousand and nine. Okay. Were Wexford in the 08 o- Might have been like you know
0: Wexford were pretty poor at this stage. They had a good two thousand and seven, didn't they?
3: Um, yeah. So reaching a uh, didn't they get they got the they got the Leinster seven, didn't they?
0: Yeah, they got to an All Ireland semi final in 07. I think they lost to Kilkenny and then then lost to them again in the semi in the All Ireland semi final. And they, I think they'd beaten Tip in the quarters. I think yeah, I think Wexford might have got the two. I think Wexford might have got the two Lancers in a row around that time, but they slipped off that bad in 009. I think you're right. I don't think Offaly have been in a Leinster final that recently, have they? I think they were in the 04 final. It. Yeah. I think they were in the 04 final to Wexford after Wexford at yeah. Kenny and I, I don't think they've been there since. Oh. Um,
3: what? Let's go with Wexford. Yeah. yeah. It could be clear. <laughs> <laughs> No, let's go, Wexford. Okay. Yeah. Final answer? Yeah, very much a guess. It's uh, long time
0: we were out in the qualifiers.
1: Oh, there's life with you guys yet? Because uh, oh, yes. it is Wexford. Well, done, not be um, <laughs> Wexford played four Leinster finals in a row, would you believe? From 2004 <laughs> to 2008. Yeah. Uh, b- but they had a horrific year in 2009. L- losing to uh, Dublin in the semi-final in Leinster, and then ended up losing to Clare uh, in a sort of in a, in a Christy Ring match relegation playoff, two twenty-four to two eighteen. Um, so Antrim and Wexford were supposed to have a playoff to see who would go down. But anyway, they were both allowed to play in senior in twenty
0: in twenty ten. So did you has-
3: make it up as they go along. Who would have thought it? <laughs> So we're, we're into Vancouver
0: a pro- got relegated in uh, the league and they changed the league.
3: Yeah. So we're into a provincial
1: final. Is, does that sound right to you guys?
0: Yeah. You guys, that's it. You we know, have somehow made uh, it back in at the expense okay. of whoever beat us in the semi.
1: Well, in 2009, Dublin reached their first provincial hurling final in 18 years. Who captained Dublin that day? Right. Ugh. Now I can throw a hint in.
0: Yeah.
1: It was the same man who lifted Bob O'Keefe for the dubs five years later. Yeah. Don't know if that makes it any easier. Four years him. later.
0: Alan McCrabb, I think, isn't it? Alan It Sounds. Think, I think so. I think so. I think so. Who was the other um, kind of stalwarts of that team? The other kind of Dotsie. Like, yeah, not Dotsie, not Joey Boland. Who was the other like, midfield kind of player? Uh, oh, mine's gone a blank. Just thinking, like, a, like Kevin Flynn would have been around a long time, probably on did didn't make it to 13, though, so it's not him. Uh, I think it's McCrab yeah. I do. I'm, I'm forgetting somebody, which is annoying me. It's just giving me that little bit of doubt because there's another player that's very like McCrabb that was around for a long, long time. But I think this person is slightly younger and might have come around later, and I'm pretty sure it's McCrabb. Are you happy Crab. enough with that? Yeah. All right. Donnie. That's
1: your final answer? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I've I got some sad news for you. Oh, uh, no. You, you, you've lost the provincial final this year. Who Stephen is it? Heine, Stephen Heine was the answer.
0: Stephen Heine didn't lift Bob O'Keefe in 13. He was injured, wasn't he?
1: Could you say it again? Good. My internet cut here.
0: I think Stephen Heine was injured in 2013. I don't think he was the person who lifted the, the trophy. He could have been. Look, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, Stephen Heine. Heck, that makes sense. I think Adam McCrabb was captain in 13. <laughs> but sure, look, that wasn't the question I suppose. It was just a hint. Well, right. So we're out. Mm. Of the, we didn't even get out of the province. Bring back Mark. Is that our first time knocking
1: out a breath? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do
0: you want to give us the other questions, or will we Potter?
1: <laughs> let's. See, well, let's see how you get on. Um, the next question was: just bear with me for one second. Um, who? So in the all Ireland quarterfinals that year, John Mulan, captain, amazing Waterford comeback with a seventy-first minute point to give Waterford a one sixteen to eighteen points win over Galway. But who sponsored the Waterford jersey in 2009? <laughs> oh, Jesus.
0: And I wouldn't mind that. Either. It's the first thing I remember from the whole championship. I remember I was at that match. It was unbelievable. Dublin just who? lost to Limerick the um, week before. Oh, if I'd remembered that, PJ, I
3: would have got the first question <laughs> right. If i then. Oh, then. Who's the sponsor? Limerick
0: must have made the the... I don't know. Yap, I think. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, Yap yeah. is correct, yes.
0: Oh, so this isn't even part of the game anymore. Yeah, okay.
1: Um, let's see then. Uh, in the semi-final stage, Tip scored 6-19 to beat Limerick to set up an All-Ireland final date with Kilkenny. Uh, scoring 1-3 on the day was this somewhat forgotten forward from Killin' All, known by his nickname Festy. Who was he? Could you repeat or... the
0: question that doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> you don't want to... Okay. Tip scored 6 19 to beat Limerick in the All Ireland semi finals to set up an All Ireland against Kilkenny. Yeah. Scoring 1 3 on the day. Was this somewhat forgotten forward from Killin All, known by the nickname Festy?
0: Festy. Is it me? Michal Webster?
1: No, uh, Pat Kerwick.
3: Pat yeah. Kerwick. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Festy. God, I have no memory of that. I have no memory of him being called Festy. No, neither
0: do I. I wouldn't, have got, I wouldn't have got that. I also never remember Pat Kerwick scoring. He's in that great tradition of uh, Tipperary number 10s who were just like super workhorses like Gerald Ryan and Dan McCormick. And I don't know. Maybe he's not. And I just remember everyone who ever wore number 10 for
1: mm-hmm.
3: Tip as being up there. Look, Mick, we're, we're, we're on a beach somewhere in Spain at the moment, not even, not, not even watching the All-Ireland.
0: <laughs> I'm just annoyed they've got about seven questions wrong here.
1: Okay, the final one was, can you name the 12 backs who started uh, in the All-Ireland final?
3: Yeah, 12 backs.
0: <laughs> Jackie T.
3: Noel Hickey.
1: Yeah. No.
0: Noel Hickey didn't start. JJ. Yeah.
1: Um Mick Tennyson Yeah, that's the that's the Kilkenny fullback line. Uh
0: okay. Then Tommy Walsh obviously.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Brian Hogan.
3: Yeah.
0: And then who was seven? If it wasn't JJ. We'll move on to tip. <laughs> Paul Curran.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: God, I have no memory of that. God, I don't know. Oh, well, uh, Paul De
0: Maher was fullback. That's right. Declan Fanning. Connor Amatini.
1: Mm hmm. So you need two more.
0: Two more Tip, and one to Kenny. Exactly. Uh, Paddy Stapleton. Hmm. Oh, yeah, come on. No. Um. Hardly. Eamon him, He wasn't still around, was he? Uh. No, I don't. I don't know.
1: You, you, you missed out of the two number sevens that you, you tripped over there, Mick. Kilkenny's you should have been thinking
0: next about poetry that's Ryan no John Tennyson oh PJ I mean, said him I, I
1: said, yeah. ten. no, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I said
0: Tennyson sorry yeah we're back I, in I the thought
3: future. he was a to it I said Tennyson uh,
0: come on let's get the tip lad it was a number seven nobody wore number seven for the next 30 years except Paul <laughs> after this. uh well known.
2: Brendan around back in No, following you. Oh well, I don't
0: know. Was he well known, Danny? Uh well, they're all well known. They're all Ireland winners. <laughs> well,
1: they're not. They didn't win all Ireland this year. Well, they would. They would become all Ireland winners. Let's say.
0: So this guy won all Ireland. Uh, Oh Jesus. Maybe it is. Maybe it is Brendan Marr. He was midfield the next year with Shane McGrath, but James Woodlock was in oh nine. 9 mm. Benny Dunn? <laughs> I don't know. So it doesn't matter anyway. Tell
1: us. Yeah, it's Brendan Marr, you're right. So oh, there you go.
0: There we go. So the first 12 lads we set. Basically. Well,
1: yeah. yeah, basically. It's a fair play. You lost again, but you you still have the all-island pedigree in you. It's just, you can't, you, you have to put a run of games together.
3: Yeah, even if... People are always talking about how we can do it.
0: Even if, uh, I remember the Dublin player that I forgot who was the captain, I think, in 13. He definitely was in 11 when they won the league. Wasn't, in yeah, fact, Alan McRab. anyway. It was Johnny McCaffrey. Yeah,
1: it was McCaffrey. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I checked that. Subsequently, I, yeah. I realized that that hint might have thrown you. And he,
0: he was the person that I knew I couldn't remember.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Right, okay. Well, there you go. So we were beaten fair and square and really, really badly. <laughs> uh, PJ, go on your honeymoon and uh, bring a few books on the history of uh, GEA championship first round. Yeah, yeah. I'm
3: going, I'm going to read uh, Hurling the Revolutionaries for the fourth time, I'd Super. I don't, do we still have the label of a, a coming team
0: are we a coming team no. I think we might be that sort of team that missed our chance I think we're like you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, could, wa- we, we could still be dangerous to any team yeah. but I, I think our All-Ireland days are
3: behind us
1: you're water for a way basically we, we'll, we'll eventually going.
3: have lost so many championships that we'll have it narrowed down to like one or two and we'll like uh, we'll become experts on those
0: yeah exactly yeah yeah, exactly
3: we'll run out of 21st century championships we'll
0: do all the study easy to do all right listen that's all we have time for today thanks to Donnie for stepping into Mark's shoes and making the hardest quiz ever and thanks to PJ for joining me in a, a I don't know, a display of failure not, not yet seen in the All-Ireland quiz but look, we'll be back again and we'll try it all again next week we'll also have more from Kevin Doyle in the Premier League, if you want to listen to the whole show if you just listened to this, we did talk to Kevin Doyle about the Premier League, it's return it's underwhelming return and a little bit about Roy Keane's rant and everything else besides you can listen to that now, you just search for the show on the build-up on Balls.E on all podcast apps and you can get it there Likewise, if you're having a bet on anything at all this week, please do so responsibly. It's all just a bit of www.visitthumblouie.net for more information. We'll be back with you next week on The Build-Up and Mark will be back in the hot seat. And we will talk to you then. Take it easy.